0: And in the book of James, James has a lot to say about our words. In fact, out of all the books of the Bible, it's the, it's the one that talks about our words the most. And why is that? That's because the Christians that James was writing to are um, having problems with their words. James is such a practical book, as we've been learning, and it's about how we live as Christians, and words are a really important part of that. And we've already heard Judy spoke to us about um, James saying quick, slow, slow, you know, the thing that Judy mentioned about we need to be quick to listen, but slow to speak. And sometimes people you've heard people say we've got two ears and one mouth because we need to listen more than we talk. But I wonder if we've ever engaged our mouth before we've engaged our brain. Has anyone ever done that? I know I have. You know, we speak so freely, but do we always use our brain? And the, the person in my life who I always think of when I think about thinking before we speak is my father-in-law. He's no longer with us, um, and he was a really special person in my life for lots of reasons, but he was someone who um, was instrumental in me becoming a Christian. And he would always, you'd ask him a question, and he'd just be quiet for a moment. And sometimes it'd feel like a long time, but it was a couple of seconds but it's because he was literally doing this. He was thinking before he answered you. And he was the wisest man I've ever known. When we look at the Bible, um, we find that words matter to God as well. Our God is a speaking God. He's different to the other gods who were around in James's time, the idols, the gods who were statues, who didn't do anything or speak anything. God spoke the world into existence. He said, let there, let there be light, and there was. And he spoke all the way through the Old Testament. We've been looking at, in children's church, our Old Testament characters and the words and the promises that God spoke to them. He made us in his image and he gave us the gift of speech too. So God is all about words and he cares about how we use our words. Jesus is described as the word of God. He's literally like God's communication to us. And he used his words powerfully. He could calm storms just with his words, or bring healing to people. And at church at the moment, we're thinking about how Jesus calls us as Christians to live a life that's distinct, that's different to the people around us. We're called to bring words that bring life to people. So for us as Christians, words really matter. We get the words wrong sometimes, don't we? And we're not alone in that. The Christians James was writing to were just the same. And I didn't have Twitter to worry about. When you think about our world now, 75% of the, of the population are on social media. That's mad, isn't it? It's staggering. And our words that we write on social media can be broadcast around the world in an instant. Words are everywhere. So James wrote this letter to Christians about their words. And he talked about three things about our tongue. The first thing he says about the tongue is that it's small, but it makes a big difference. Difference. So, has anyone ever ridden a horse? Anyone ever done any horse riding? Yeah, a few of us. So, when we ride a horse, a horse is a big animal. If we just jumped on a horse with no way of controlling it, we could end up in trouble. A horse is big and it's going to go where it wants to go. So, the, the way that they do it is they have a bridle like this, and this piece of metal called a bit that goes in the horse's mouth to steer the horse. You can see it on the picture there. And just a little tug on the reins will move that and direct that horse where to go. And James uses that picture. He says our tongue is a bit like this bit of metal. It controls the rest of our body. Another thing James said was about a ship. He said that a ship is steered by a rudder. And look at that ship there, it's massive, but that little piece of metal, fairly little compared to the ship, steers that ship where the captain wants it to go. A small thing that makes a big difference. And James says our tongue is a bit like that, that if we can get control of our tongue, then actually we can control our whole body. Our our words can change things. And I wonder if you've ever thought about your tongue as being as powerful as that. I wonder if you don't really think about it. It's made me rethink the way I use my words. And just this week, I've been really reminded of the difference that words can make. Literally, as I was writing this talk, I had a text from a friend um, that was kind of following up a conversation we'd had, where someone had come to me and said, and it must have been uh, tricky for them to say, that something that I'd done had made them feel a bit sad, Um, which just changed things for me. Suddenly, I could see a situation that I hadn't given any attention to, really, from someone else's point of view, and it changed everything. And it meant that I was able to say, oh, okay, yeah, I see, I'm sorry. And that made a difference to my friend. And that relationship could be restored just through words. So James says, next, the the tongue is a small thing, but it causes big problems. Now, when James wrote this letter, I didn't really realize this, but there were a lot of forests where he lived. I kind of always just imagined it was like desert, but apparently not. And we have forests, don't we? And in a hot country where it's dry, there can be a real problem with forest fires. This picture is a forest fire that was in France last summer. Do you remember when we had lots of... There was a heat wave, there were lots of forest fires across Europe. This is one of those. And the thing with a forest fire is, it just takes a small spark to set it off. And James, again, uses that picture to think about our tongues. I've got here, this belongs to my son and it's um, a little, it's like a little survival bracelet thing with like paracord and stuff. And here it's got a little, let me see if I can make it work. Can you see that little spark? little spark, I don't know if you can see. A little spark like that can set a whole forest on fire in the right conditions. And James says our tongue is a bit like that. I wonder if we can um, identify with that in our own lives. We saw a video earlier about how Nice things that people have said to us and how that stays with us. It makes us feel good, doesn't it? It builds us up. It brings us life. But sometimes the words that stay with us can be the not-so-nice words. As the saying goes, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And how untrue that is. I think actually the opposite is true. I think, you know, we can have cuts and bruises that heal, but words that can take much longer and sometimes never heal. In the Garden of Eden, we see straight away the damage that words can do. In that beautiful picture of creation that everything was perfect, Adam and Eve were in relationship with God, and the words of the serpent came in and just changed everything. The seed of that lie that was planted in their minds. Did God really say that? Does God really love you? And the... the, What happened after that? The things that were set into motion that we still live with today. So if we're honest, we know that our own words cause problems. And we're all different and we struggle with different things in different ways. But I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a group of people and they start talking about someone else. How easy it is just to be silent or even to join in with that. Because why do we do that? Because we want to belong. We want to feel like we've got a club that we belong to even if it's at the expense of someone else. And we forget that the person that we're talking about is made in God's image a child of God like we are. And you know, in the Bible, Jesus said, we love others, and that that shows that we love God. That's how we we love God, by loving other people. Or maybe for you, it's it's coarse language or swearing, or maybe it's being a bit economical with the truth um, and telling the odd white lie. It doesn't matter, does it? I went to school with someone who um, it was—it was really sad, but he was just known as someone who just told just the most awful lies. He would say that his dad got a Ferrari, which obviously you know caused everyone to be quite excited, but wasn't true. And he'd say that he'd play for like a professional football team, which turned out not to be true. But it meant that in the end, no one really ever believed anything he said. Or maybe the temptation for us is to pass on a bit of gossip. And I think as church, we need to be really careful with that. You know, we have group life that's so important, where we give each other permission to share our lives and to be accountable to one another. And we need to not let go of that trust that we have in each other. And for me, it's really easy for me to lose control of my words, actually with the people that I'm closest to, at home, in the morning, when <laughs> we're getting ready for school. Those moments, for me, are the, the real challenge. You know, a word said to me that I can take the wrong way can just spark off that fire and then the people's reaction and my reaction and before you know it, this is the situation we've got. The fire is lit. I wonder what it is for you. And what about the words that we tell ourselves? The words that are in our heads? You're not good enough. You're a failure. You can't do it. Those words that become our reality, and crowd out God's voice to us. The words that we just sang in that song, you're precious, you're chosen, you're loved. I'm for you, not against you. That's what God would say to us. And just to say, if if you feel like there are words that have been spoken over you, or that are in your head, those scripts that we can't get rid of, that crowd out God's voice, um, then there is healing for that. Jesus can put a stop to that. And at the end, there'll be a time to to pray that you can pray with someone about those things. And finally, James says this. He says the tongue cannot be controlled. He says it's untamable, And he references wild animals. If you think of the wildest, scariest animal you can think of, James says that even that animal can be tamed, but the tongue can't. Your tongue is more fierce and wild than an animal like that. So what do we do with this? We want our words to bring life. But our tongue seems to be this thing that's got a mind of its own. Is it pointless? Well, fortunately, it's not. And just to be clear, Judy reminded us last week of this, that we're not trying to make God love us more here. We're not trying to do the right things and be good. God loves you right now more than he... He won't love you any more than he does right now. We can't do anything to make him love us more. But we want our faith and our our works, our words, to to work together. So what can we do? Well, Jesus has got some words that help us with this. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, what you say flows from what's in your heart. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. As always, Jesus sees us and he sees past what's on the outside, past the words we speak and the things we do and the person we present to the world, and he sees who we really are. Actually, the problem isn't our mouth, it's our heart. Now, we can't change our hearts, but he can. He's the only one who can change our hearts, and he's the only one who has been able to control his tongue. He's our perfect example. And when Jesus was accused of things, he never once spoke back in anger and used his words in the wrong way. And when he died on the cross, he took all the words that we've spoken that are wrong, all the ones that we still will speak that are wrong, and all those words that have been spoken over us, he took them back. And we thought a couple of weeks ago, we've been thinking about the memory verse from James, come near to God and he'll come near to you. And that's what we need to do. We need to get our hearts right. And the way we do that is by spending time with him, by reading the Bible, by worshipping him, by using our tongues to do what they were created to do, to praise him. And that is what will fill our heart with good things that will flow out into our speech. And we can ask God to fill us with his spirit. You know, God's spirit can speak to our heart the truth about Jesus and fill us with his goodness and his love.